In today's show, we're looking back at a pretty weird Thursday in the NBA. Superstars returning or close to returning to action. Three games on, waiver wire stuff, and Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter and on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. I also, today, uh, started a Substack. It's not going to have tons of writing on there, but it'll be links to all shows so you can find them all in one spot. It'll be some other interesting stuff that I find as well. And a couple of little notes that I put in there. It's free. Um, it's just Josh. What is the actual Substack? I'll, I'll drop it in the in the thing over below. It is joshloyd48.substack.com. That's it. So go and subscribe. It's a free newsletter that you'll get once a day with interesting fantasy things, links to shows and other good things that I find. There you go. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. So, how's everyone going? Are we good on this weird day where the games didn't start until 10 p.m. Eastern for some reason? Not really sure what it was. I know it was because all of the teams playing at home were on the West Coast, but you could have adjusted that. doesn't matter. We're here. That's done. It's finished. And we're going to talk about the news, waiver wire ads, and everything else we need to. So, Warney. Where's Warney? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Bad news. Paulo Banquero is out at least another week with that uh, ankle injury. So that prolongs the value of Mobamba. It boosts the value of Trumor Akeke. It boosts the value of Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner and Bol Bol. But it's going to be really interesting that tomorrow for the Magic because Gary Harris is returning. Wendell Carter is also returning, but it's only one game absence. But how does Harris fit into that mix? We don't know. But with Bunkera out, your bumper does become a back-end 12-team league guy. A KK is a steel streamer. And then, of course, your Bowles and Wagners and Suggs remain 12-team league players, as does Wendell Carter. In Charlotte, not good. Lamelo Ball is out. Dennis Smith is doubtful. Gordon Haywood is doubtful. So that means we are, amazingly, we're getting soldered up. Teo Maladon, the Sawflake Theo Maladon. He's ready to go. He is going to start, I'm pretty sure. Maybe they start Rogier, but Steve Clifford, let's be fair, hates James Booknight and doesn't want to play him. So I don't think they'll put Rogier at point guard. I think Maladon will get a nod, but they could also, the other thing they could do, might not be Maladon, they could also chuck in um, uh, Rogier at point guard and start Ubre, Washington, and Jalen McDaniels as the 2 3 4. So Jalen McDaniels gets a boost. Maladon gets a boost. I guess there's a marginal boost for um, Jim Booknight as well, but he's not going to be someone that we're looking to add. But Maladon and Jalen McDaniels will be. Kyrie Irving looks like he's back on Sunday. Um, the Nets rotation is going to be really interesting to see. I'll talk about their game soon. 
I expect Ben Simmons to start in that game, even though Kyrie is returning. I think they'll go back and get Kyrie and Ben and KD and Claxton working all together. And Simmons, we'll talk about it again later on. You saw it on the thumbnail. He looked much, much better today. So I reckon there's a chance that even though Sumner was the guy replacing Kyrie, that Simmons will come in and Kyrie will come in and someone like maybe Joe Harris will move back to the bench. But there's still some lineup tinkering stuff that's got to go in there, go on there. Since I did the What to Watch For show for Friday, news came out that Jamal Murray has now joined Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic, as being out for COVID. Last time Murray was out, they started Bruce Brown at point guard. I don't know whether they do that again or if they start the big stiffy. Regardless, both Brown and Highland will get increases in playing time, and both of those guys are 12-team league players. We don't know about Aaron Gordon. He is questionable to play with a non-COVID illness. What are the odds of getting a non-COVID illness at the same time that two of your teammates have COVID? Seems a little bit unlikely, but oh well, that's what happened, apparently. Let's look at the waiver wire. Most added players over the last 24 hours. Number one was Terrence Davis, plus 25%. I told you it was chasing. Yes, Keegan Murray was out, but people chased it. And I don't actually hate it that much because it is a low-volume day. I know what he did last game, but it was literally impossible for Terrence Davis to do what he did last game in this game. It was not, while well, Murray's out, Davis is going to do this. It was blatantly obvious. But you've made, you made the ad. Well, some of you did. 25% of the league, someone made the ad. And it didn't work out. And that happens. But as long as you had the right expectations or didn't drop a valuable player, you'll be okay. Marvin Bagley up 22%. <laughs> Lol. Uh, Lamau. Yeah. My mate. Yeah. We'll talk about the Pistons later on and the lineup tomfoolery that went on today. But yeah, I think at a points league, I've got no problem with Bagley. I've got big problems with Bagley. I've got no problem with Bagley in a points league if a team is going to erroneously play him. And in a category league, I think he is just a very, very back-end guy. Mo Bamba's up 16%. That's a little bit chasing. But again, as I said, with Bunkero out, there is value in him. Derek White up 13%. We'll see. Brogdon's back. And Marcus Smart is questionable. If Smart plays, White isn't a 12-team league guy. Jalen Duran up 10%. This is one of those ones, the Duran one, where the process was wrong, but the result might have been right. And I'll talk about that, what I mean now, is that the process of adding Jalen Duran because Isaiah Stewart got hurt made no sense. There's no logic behind it whatsoever. Duran's role and minutes weren't likely to change, right? But it, ha it happens so often, so often where that happens. And then what Marvin Bagley got into early foul trouble in that game. So Ivy played more. No, Ivy. So Duran played more minutes. So it looks like that, yeah, Stewart's out. Duran's minutes are up. It's not related. It isn't related. He got those extra minutes because Bagley was in foul trouble. Now, should Duran play 24 minutes and Bagley 24? Or even switch it to 27 Durant on a regular basis? Yes, they should. But that's not what happened today. It wasn't because Stewart was out. It is actually completely independent of Isaiah Stewart's playing time that Jalen Durant played more minutes today. So while adding him and the performance of Durant was great today, it had literally nothing to do with the reason that he was added. So it could very well fall back and he plays 19 minutes next game and does nothing. Just be aware of that. And don't get fooled by um, action result. Because the process in the middle and how it got there is almost as important. It doesn't matter if you got your pro... I know for fantasy results, if you get your process right and the result doesn't work out, it doesn't actually translate to wins. I know that. But if you just follow the correct process and thought process with all this sort of stuff, you get more right than you get wrong. And there will be those outliers for those reasons. And I hope that makes sense as a bit of like game theory, fantasy analysis theory that I, I try and live by when I do this stuff. 
Malik Monk up 6%. Yeah, I do believe that he's a 12-team league player, and I have for a while. Johnny Wall up 6%. That's a little bit of streaming for today. He will talk about that later. I don't think he played particularly well in today's game. In fact, he played pretty dreadfully. While Trey Murphy up 6%. Zion's still questionable. Murphy's playing well. No problem with it. Waiver wire. The waiver wire. Who was the most dropped player? Patrick Williams down 20%. Yep, see you later. Hurt his ankle. One game left this week. Back-end guy. Bye. KJ Martin down 9%. Kevon Looney down 9%. Santiago Dama down 8%. All of those guys are pretty clear. Uh, Jack candidates in 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! Isaiah Hartenstein down 8%. And Anyeka Okongwu down 8%. Mitchell Robinson won't be back next game. So there's a, there's a chance that Hartenstein plays 30 again. Or there's a chance that the Lionheart Jericho Sims plays 25 minutes. You just made the list! And as I detailed pretty pretty detailed yesterday about... or oh, I detailed it detailedly. As I talked about in detail with Hartenstein yesterday, um, drop him if you want. Like, there's, it's the Tibbs system. It's the foul trouble that is limiting what he can do. And I don't really see that changing. And if he does, you do drop him. He has a big game in this one. I don't think it's that big a deal. But, you know, we've seen him have value as a backup for the first two and a half weeks of the season where he was a top 100 player. So he can still thrive in a backup role. Okongwu, probably not. Dasumu, clear drop. Ty Stones, a clear 12-team drop as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Yes, Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds. Anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to shoot a basketball from the one and only Steph Curry. What do they call it? Shooting, ball handling, and scoring. Steph's got a class over on Masterclass. You can you can learn from him or one of the other 180-plus classes from a range of world-class instructors. That thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. I'm, I can't wait to dig in and, and go through these masterclasses myself and, and find the right one that's going to fit what I want to do. There's so many different options, so many different fields, so many different categories. The other categories, we can do design and style, food. Oh, that's a good one. Business, writing, science and tech, home and lifestyle. All of these great classes available on Masterclass. And the membership starts at just $180 US a year. I highly recommend you go check it out this holiday. You can also give an annual membership and get one free. So go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on. Terms apply. Okay. Should we do the games? Let's do the games. All right. The first game, the Spurs and the Kings. The Kings win it pretty comfortably, 131-12. There was some confusion early in the game about the horse. Keldon Johnson. Whose horse is that? He was originally ruled available to play. He was in their starting lineup. And then they said, no, nah, his ankle's too sore. So they uh, scratched him and started Cater Bates-Diop. This was with Doug McDermott also out. Romeo Langford also out. So what did Trey Jones do? Well, he was all right. 15 points in 29 minutes. I don't know why I said Trey Jones first, but I did. 15-4 assists, two steals. Not a, not a bad game from Trey, but it was Devin Vassell who shouldered the load. 29 points, four triples, one steal, one block. He's been pretty strong this season, I would say. Sort of in line with what we hoped. Maybe there's a little bit of room for some extra stuff. It was a bad free throw night for him. Three of five, but otherwise not bad. Pirtle, not great. 10-7 and four. But the disappointing thing is Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey. Now, he was still a top 75 player this season um, prior to today, but he probably won't be after this. Four, two and two. He had four turnovers. He played 12 minutes. And we saw Isaiah Roby and Gorgie Jeng play some minutes over him. The reason we added Charles Bassey was as a streamer, but also for the five-game week. You've got two more games over the weekend. I probably would hold him, but 
but there's no reason to hold him as a 12-team league guy rest of season, I don't think. This is obviously a drop-off happening here. Um, he was tracking as like the number one player on a permanent basis. And it was going to be hard for that to get, even though I think he still is a really good player and a good prospect and a good fantasy guy. Um, this was the the reason we had him was for the five game week. So I, I'll stick with him. But after that, I, I don't see it long term as being uh, as him being an option for us in twelve or maybe not even fourteen team leagues. That one could be debatable. But when Pop's got the option to put Roby in there or Jeng in there, and then Zach Collins when Zach Collins comes back, it's going to ruin it. This was always just a short term option. Roby did some good things: eleven points, three threes, and two blocks. And Bates Diop was solid enough: sixteen and four, a steal and a block. But we know that the minutes are there because of the absences of McDermott and of Keldon Johnson. Um, not a great night from uh, Jeremy Sohan. Sohan now, but not terrible. Eleven, four, and five is all right. But he's had nine assists in the last two games now. No defensive stats, but those assists are getting to be intriguing for Sohan. He, I don't mind him. He's a top one fifty player over the last week. He's Probably a really strong 14-team league guy. And he's a soft stash luxury sort of guy. I'm not sure if he's ever going to get enough volume over the course of the season to be this great 12-team league guy. And he's probably just going to be really back-end, which makes it really tough to hold. But he is playing well, and those assists are absolutely intriguing. Now, one guy on the King side of things that people are talking to me about a lot and saying that I'm wrong on him and I need to change your mind is Darren Fox. And I'll tell you right now, Darren Fox has been awesome this season. I think I had him in maybe the 40s in the draft season because we have some issues with efficiency. I will state this right now. He is one of the biggest sell highs you'll ever find. And it's not because I don't believe that he can continue to play at this level of usage. He was great again, 28, 3 and 8 with one steal. But let me assure you of one thing. He shot 73% in this game. He was 100% from the line. He's going at like 55%, I think, from the field and 62% from two over the over the course of the season. He's also going at 82% from the line. And he has never touched anywhere near those numbers. And that's really the difference, is that the shots are going in, but the shots are going in at such a crazy level that there is going to be a drop-off. He is a top 20 player, probably top 15 player after today's game over the course of the season. And when I say sell high, if you can get a top 15 player back, you do it. Otherwise, you just enjoy what you're getting. He's not dropping outside the top 50, I don't think. I don't think he's dropping maybe even not outside the top 35. Maybe not even outside the top 30. But what he is doing at the moment is really fueled by some absolutely insane percentages, especially the field goal percentage. And I just don't believe that that has really much of a chance of staying at that level. It will drop. And a 4, four to 5 percentage point drop means a drop in scoring and in field goal percentage. And it hurts. Sabonis was all right, but not great. 16, 8, and 1. While the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Um, Not bad. 16 and 8, two steals. We thought there might be a little bit of extra juice in Barnsey with Keegan Murray out, and it did turn out that way. He's fine to stream in here while Murray is out, but after that, I don't think the upside's there. It was a stinker from Herder. Seven points on 11 shots with six assists. At least he got the six assists, a steal, and a block. He remains a 12-team league guy. But Terrence Davis, this is what we said, chasing. right? It just had no chance of doing what he did last game. And moving into that starting line with Fox and Sabonis and Barnes in there. And Herder, like, would he touch the ball enough? Would he do anything? And the answer is no. 15 minutes, 5-3-3, shooting. Even if Murray's out next game, I don't care. I don't think you need to hold on to Terrence Davis. Yes, if the schedule makes sense and you're looking for a stream option, but... This will sober your expectations. Trey Lyles outplayed him. 14 points in 20 minutes. And Shemezi Metu had 10 points as well. But a big game from my guy, Malik Monk. I would 100% have Malik Monk 
in a lineup ahead of Harrison Barnes and ahead of Terrence Davis. Monk had 26-4-2 with four triples. It was a good shooting night for him. That will fall away, but he is a nice points threes assist option that can sit at the back end of your roster. He's going to be up and down. That's that's true, but I'd still rather have him than whatever Terrence Davis sort of thought he was providing in this game. We also got 28 minutes from Davion Mitchell. He had six points with four assists. He is so far away from being a fantasy contributor at the moment, but he did get the extra minutes. All right, let's do the next game. The Nets sneak it over the Blazers, 109-107, thanks to your mate, Royce O'Neal, with a tip-in with like a second left in the game. Let's talk about Royce to start off with, 37 minutes. Ever seen someone have a whatever this is? <laughs> How many? Six... The three, five, seven, eight. Octuple one. 11 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, one three, one block. Crazy game. I think the craziest part there is getting the 11 assists out of Royce O'Neal. The triple double is great. Like he had fallen off a bit before today's game. He was 250th over the last week. He's fallen back outside the top 120 for the season. Getting these assists is really useful. The shooting is way off. Didn't attempt a free throw. Didn't get a steal. I still think we, he's a 12-team hold. I'm not convinced it's going to last all season, though. Let's talk about the other good story. Ben Simmons. Is he back? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not not going to say that just yet, but maybe. 32 minutes for Simo. 15, 12, and 7. A block, 100% from the field. Three of four free throws. That's a really good game. It's by far his best game of the year. He played big minutes. I think he's going to start next game. I don't know that for sure, but I th- or at least he's going to play starters minutes. And he defended, I thought, Lillard really well also. I thought he was really good. And that is a massive step forward. Durant had 35, 8, and 3 in 39 minutes, while um, Joe Harris had 15 with four triples. Not a bad game from him, but it was a stinking game from Seth Curry. Zero points in 28 minutes. I don't think that there is a way that Harris and Curry can be 12-team league players this season. So I wouldn't bother holding them. Edmund Sumner played six minutes because Simmons was playing that well. They just didn't play him. Um, zero points in six minutes for Sumner. Obviously, he's a dropper. What do we do with Yuta Watanabe? Because that's a great game. 20 and seven, five triples, 71%. Obviously, that's high. The minutes are also a little bit high, um, but they were playing those lineups with Simmons and Watanabe and Claxton was limited minutes. So just going small a lot of the time. He's one to watch. Like if I'm in a 16-team league, I'd probably add Watanabe. And he's been really good in the opportunities he's had. Paddy Mills is Basically not in the rotation anymore, just four minutes. While Claxton is struggling a little bit. 11-5 and five with two steals. We've got a little bit of crossover with him and Simmons. But if Simmons is going to play like this, then and they can't play together, then Claxton's a guy that loses out. So we watch that. We still hold Claxton, but let's watch to see which direction that goes. And I'm a bit fearful as to which direction that goes for Claxton. For the Blazers, Lillard played 38 minutes. He had 25-3-11. He didn't shoot well. He's still a little bit of a buy low because the shooting's off. But the counting stats are good. Well, this is the... Stereotypical Anthony Simons line, I think. The scoring's great. So you look at it, yeah, that's great. 24 points, four triples. But 40% shooting, one rebound, two assists. He did have two steals. But this lack of counting stats, lack of peripheral stats, and inefficiency from Simons is something that seems to be plaguing him a lot. And it's always going to make him that back-end guy. We talked about regression from Jeremy Grant. Well, he had five points in 37 minutes on 17% shooting. What he was doing had literally no basis in reality of sticking. He was the sixth-ranked player over the last week. There was no way. He's shooting, I think, 70% from three. It just it was never going to happen. And his usage went up because his efficiency went up. So he's going to settle back in as a back-end guy or maybe a middle-range sort of a player. 
but this was always going to hit. Nurkic's numbers, they're okay, I guess, 17 and 8, but he was bad from the free throw line. He got taken out because the nets were going small, so they went with Justice Winslow at center. So there might be a little bit of a buy low here on Nurkic um, with a couple of poor performances. Josh the Hitman Hart, 7 and 6, 2 steals, a block, 2 assists, like nothing spectacular, but it's just a good category league line. For points leagues, he's not quite as good. But still, I think he's a must-roster player. But maybe I've buried the lead here. But Shaden Sharp, I thought, was really, really good. Again, 20 points. Now, 78% shooting is not real. But what I look at there... Now, I talk, if I'm going to criticize Simons for not having any peripherals, like Sharp the same. Two rebounds, nothing else. And I think that's a problem with him. But as a young player, which he is, and coming in and being able to score that effortlessly and show those flashes. Like I don't think he's going to be a 12-team league guy this season. I'm not grabbing him. He's maybe not even going to be a 14-team league guy. But... What he's showing makes me think, mm, okay, at some point, it's either going to be Simons and him or Simons is going to be out and Sharp's going to be starting. He's showing those flashes to become a special type of scorer and athlete. And I think there is a really good fantasy game coming from him at some point in the next you know, four, three, four years. Just someone to watch who's probably not going to make uh, a significant impact in most fantasy leagues this season. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You want to look at week 11, I think it is, in the NFL? Well, you can do that over at BetOnline because all of those lines are up in the Chiefs against the Chargers on Sunday night. The Chiefs are five-point favorites. Can Mahomes do it against Justin Herbert and whatever players are still able to walk on the Chargers? Well, that's what the five-point favoritism tag gives the Chiefs an ability or the the idea that they're going to win. And BetOnline has all of that covered for all sports, professional amateur leagues, football, basketball, soccer. The World Cup's coming up in like a couple of days. And esports, it's all covered at betonline.net. It's always the easiest and fastest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right. The last game of the night, the Detroit Pistons, 91. The Clippers, 96. That is a full-time score. There was shenanigans afoot with the Pistons uh, starting lineup before the game. There was, uh, I think it was Amari Sankora. I think that's his name or Sankofa. I apologize, Amari. I should have had your name. I'm going to get that right because I don't like um, misrepresenting. Uh, Amari Sankofa, sorry, um, that had a discussion with Dwayne Casey. And Dwayne was saying, um, yeah, look, I'm not going to be able to play the two bigs together. Um, Stewart's out, so you know, we need spacing. And I went, fuck, does Dwayne, does Dwayne Casey know what he's doing? Imagine that. Then the lineup came out. Killian Hayes, Boyan Bogdanovich, Sadiq Bey, Marvin Bagley, and Jalen Duran. I said, excuse me, what happened? And I got announced to the official lineup, Jaden Ivey to the bench. I mean, this guy's lost his mind. He's an idiot. He's a terrible coach. He needs to be fired immediately. But I looked at it and went, there's no way, right? I just heard that quote. And do coaches blatantly lie sometimes? Yes. Not to that level. Not to that level. So I went, I think there's a mistake here in the person who entered in into the official NBA software system, the starting lineup, got confused with Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey. I think that's what happened. Because the original things, we have access to the official NBA news feed and the, the feed that came through had Duran in there, but it had Duran shooting guard. He was listed as a shooting guard. So I think they just put the wrong player on the drop-down menu that they must have. They put Jalen Duran in his, instead of Jaden Ivey. That's what I think happened. So anyway, that all got corrected. And as predicted, in the end, Sadiq Bay did start in place of Isaiah Stewart. Now, as I talked about earlier in the show, is that the Duran guys, or Matt Duran's going to get all these minutes now that Stewart's out, and they're going to feel justified because Duran played 25 minutes. 
The reason he played 25 minutes is because Marvin Bagley had 3,000 about 10 minutes to start the game. So Durham played extra minutes. He didn't close. Bagley did for, again, bad coach reasons. Eight and nine with a block. Now, I don't know how long it takes for bad coaches. I can't put my, my mind into their thought process as to what they're going to do to decide. Duran clearly should play minutes over Bagley. Clearly. Really obviously. for Not only for now, but for their future as well. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. That's the only reason that you have Duran is to hold and to wait and to expect Bagley to play poorly every game, which is probably a given, but then also for Casey to recognize that and make that change, which is not so much. And you know that I, t- I talk about Marvin Bagley a lot because it just staggers me. It staggers me. He is bad. He is bad. Four points, eight rebounds. And let me know if you've heard this before. Marvin Bagley had zero three, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. This is what he does all the time. All the time. This is why he's a bad category league player. He's not a bad points league guy that you can maybe have a look at. Four and eight in 23 minutes on 20% shooting is shocking. He's got no peripheral stats. He's a terrible category league player. He would need 13 plus minutes and good usage to be a category league guy, but he's just he's just bad. He's bad. Boyan Bogdanovich had 26 with two steals and two threes while the depressed penis had 11 and eight with two threes. If I could trade Sadiq Bey for any top 100 player, I would do it. I think he's going to really struggle to maintain 12 team relevancy once Stewart returns. Ivy struggled a bit, but he played 38 minutes. He got a little bit of a knock late in the game, but played through it. 18 points, 4 and 5. 38% shooting, not his best night. One of two from the line. And Livers really struggled as well. Five points in 17 minutes. So, as usual, the Pistons lose because they're terrible. On to the Clippers. It was the amazing return. Amazing? I think we sort of expected it today, to be honest. Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. (laughs) And, spoiler alert, he's going to be in the mix for the dart of the night. 25 minutes, 6, 5, and 4, 0 threes, 0 steals, 0 blocks. But you know what? I don't care. The fact that he's back is all that matters, and he started, and he played 25 minutes, and he was somehow a team best plus 26, despite shooting 25% from the field. I don't know how that's possible, but he was. He's Kawhi. Right? It's going to be rough going to get us through this. It is going to be rough offensively, but the fact that he's at 25 minutes straight up first game gives me some real hope that We'll hit 30 minutes within a couple of weeks. That gives me some hope. Fingers crossed. Speaking of trash, John Wall was oh, dreadfully bad, I thought, in this game. He had six turnovers in 13 minutes. That's why he only played 13 minutes. Three points with four assists. I still think you want to hold him in points leagues, but I don't think he's a category league guy. I don't think Reggie Jackson is either, despite scoring 23-3-3. and We know that good shooting nights from Jackson are just so few and far between. While Paulie George had 16-9, and and Zubat struggled for nine points on 38% but 18 boards. His numbers have started to come down after that red-hot start, um, which is to be expected. Marcus Morris still played 36 minutes. We're just holding him. We might end up dropping him later on, but for now we hold, but we definitely don't need to hold on to Storm and Norman Powell. Get that garbage out of here! Hinder with 14 points, but it's 23 minutes only. It's nine shots. There's no peripherals. That's the problem. He needs 30 minutes and good usage to be a 12-team league player. And he's not getting either of those things. Nick Batum hit seven threes last game on seven shots and had zero points on one shot today. That's why you don't chase those sort of stupid performances that Batum did provide for us last game. It just had no chance of sticking. So let's go to the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night is De'Aaron Fox. Big game from Foxy, pretty clearly. The waiver wire line of the night is Reggie Jackson. 
he's just a streamer on days like this. The young gun is Shaden Sharp. We really like what he's able to do. He's been very, very impressive, but it's not a fantasy option just yet. And then the dud of the night, of course, is Kawhi Leonard. Your top 10 players. People will go, why is Kawhi Leonard the dud of the night, not Seth Curry? Because Kawhi provided negatives, big negatives, in the percentages where Seth was just sort of absent and those big negatives hurt for Kawhi. That's why for category leagues. Um, for category leagues, your top 10 players today. Number one was Fox, followed by Simmons, Durant, Reggie Jackson, Watanabe, Vassell, Harrison Barnes, Boyan Bogdanovich, DeMontis Sabonis, and Malik Monk. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues, Reggie Jackson, 12-team streamer, Watanabe, at least a 16-teamer, maybe a 14-team leaguer. Shaden Sharp, really high dynasty upside. Isaiah Roby, Cater Bates-Diop at 4-5. and five, Not really interested in them, although there is a weekend back-to-back, so Bates-Diop might have value. Joe Harris is a 14-team leaguer. Chemezi Metu is really deep. Joshy Richardson's a back-to-back stream for the weekend. Trey Lyles, while Keegan Murray's out, maybe, but that's deeper leagues. And then Jeremy Sohan at number 10. And your top 10 players rostered in... Uh, well, top 10 players for points league, sorry, from today. One was Durant, then Fox, Lillard, Simmons, Vassell, O'Neal, Bogdanovich, Simons, Barnes, and Malik Monk. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, and on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.